Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 128, His Image and Our Hearts. In my coaching practice, I have never come across a client whose desired result was to create harm (laughs) or to fuel hate and seek help in how to do it. Never. In fact, the extreme opposite is true. The client may be experiencing the feeling of anger and tempted to emotionally hurt those that are hurting them, but it is never something that they feel comfortable keeping. It's never their true desire. In fact, what they really truly want is to be relieved from that suffering, assured that everything is going to be okay, that there is a better way and that they can do it. Maybe they even want some new thoughts on how they can look at their circumstance and see it in a less threatening way and intentionally create something better. Most often, when asked how the client wants to feel in any given situation, the feeling that they want to feel is love or some kind of version of that, confidence, peace, joy. But they'll say, I just want to show up in love. Because what we're truly seeking in spiritual terms is Christ's image in our countenance. We instinctively know that showing up as and reflecting him is the higher ground we wish to get to. Now there may be a bunch of natural man confusion happening within us. We may be tempted to mirror the hurtful person by being hurtful back to them. We may be tempted to reject someone before they have a chance to even reject us. We may believe that our well-crafted and sharply delivered argument was the necessary course of action to protect ourselves and prevent us from losing something that we value. But all of these approaches that seem so necessary and the only option in the moment of conflict or hurt. They will always leave us wanting. We just won't feel better. And that's what we want in the moment. We just want to feel better. We just want the circumstances to be made better. Sometimes I just want them to go away. How about you? We deep down, or maybe not so deep down, we just want to also become better. And to know that we're safe. This is the application that I can think of in my life. When we move about our day, what does it mean to receive his image in our countenance? And have you experienced this mighty change in your hearts? What do those questions mean on a daily basis in my life? Yes, it begins with baptism. And yes, it has to do with the change that occurs within us as the Holy Ghost finds residence within us. But it is the daily, the moment-to-moment cause that we are involved in until the day that we die. And that is keeping His image in our countenance. It is the constant choice, Jesus or the natural man. 
And though our baptismal day or the day that we receive our endowment in the temple are days in which we can answer, yes, yes, I've experienced the mighty change. Yes, I feel Christ's virtue. And yes, I have felt to sing the song of redeeming love. We can always strive to reflect him now. So how can we answer? Yes, not only have I felt to sing the song of redeeming love, but I feel it now. Alma, in speaking to the members of the church, he had them imagine, one, can you hear the voice of the Lord? And is he saying, come unto me, ye blessed. Your works have been righteous. And answer that. Are they? Did you invite him to come along with you throughout your day? Did you take time to reflect on how he would approach your duties? How He fulfilled your goal already in his mortality. So did you see how he did it? Did you reflect on that? Do you move forward in the spirit, the spirit of love, faith, joy, trust? And do you do your best to take upon the impressions that come to your mind first? I was recently coaching a young woman. She is such a pure heart. And when I asked her to consider the why why a certain goal of hers was so important to her. She said, well, at first, your question made me think, I don't know. But then I waited. I waited a second. And I'm going to tell you the first impression that came to my mind and heart because I've learned those are the best ones to act on. And she is spot on. Whenever you align your thoughts with eternal principles and you seek for divine guidance, allowing virtue to work within you and then act in righteousness, your results will reflect such. They will. How can they not? They may not be perfect, but the work that's happening within you is. Okay, so second, Alma asked, do you imagine yourselves that you can lie into the Lord in that day? And say that your works have been righteous and that he'll save you. I think this was an interesting point that he's making to the congregation before him. No doubt there was some lingering confusion of Nehor's teachings among the people. Maybe being slightly deceived that redemption wasn't necessary because the Lord will save all and all will receive eternal life. We sometimes see that slip in. In our lessons today in the church, I think the philosophies of the world can leave some residue in our mind. That's why the sacrament is so important. That's why reading the scriptures and gathering together is so important. Because that must be rectified. We must learn how to scrub out the residue of the world's teachings and philosophies. And then third, Alma asks the people if they imagine that they'll stand before the Lord with their soul filled with guilt and remorse, remembering their guilt, wickedness, and defiance. And he asks, will you be able to look at God with a pure heart and clean hands? And this one is tricky because a life of repenting can still leave us focused still on the wrong stuff, focused on the mistakes and the imperfections instead of on the growth and the beauty that has come out of those mistakes and imperfections. 
the refining that's taken place, the lifetime of lessons improved upon until we develop the wisdom to not need to repeat those lessons. And when we allow the spirit to reflect him, when we allow his image to be reflected in our countenance, when we believe we are who he says we are, then we can eliminate this one from being tricky. And we can say our hearts have been pure and our hands are clean. Life's lessons include trusting in the complete and the utter cleansing and redemption of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Alma asks, have you walked keeping yourselves blameless before God? Well, Alma, I haven't. But one thing that I have learned this year in studying the Doctrine and Covenants is that I can be thinking, I'm doing okay. But the Lord will see error. But he's not discouraged by this in me. He lets me know it. And if I'm close to him and I'm seeking, he'll tell me. And he gives me time to course correct so that I can walk blameless before him until I'm not blameless. And then the pattern repeats itself. God is so good. This is how I'm seeing him treat his servants in the Doctrine and Covenants. He is good. Alma asks, have you sufficiently been humbled? Do you realize that you are nothing without God? That he is the supreme creator and upholder of all things? That temporarily it may appear that life is business as usual if you choose to do it without him. But eventually you will discover the lack of meaning in the eternal scheme of things. Are you teachable? Or is the impulse of the natural man so developed in you and the reasoning so sophisticated that you believe the Lord's ways that they may be good for others, but you don't need them? Because your life is a life of exceptions to his rules and your ways are necessary and right. Alma asks, have you been stripped of pride? Have you? Are you no longer influenced by contention and conceit and competition or lack of self-confidence? Have you conquered the fears that drive men to be prideful? The fear of failure and the fear of loss? Have you been stripped of envy? Which is the powerful, overwhelming emotion that either of these fears really can provoke within you? Are you done with that envy? Or have you stopped persecuting others? Have you stopped mocking them, shaming them, judging them, fault-finding? For some of us, this list can be a little discouraging. (laughs) And we may wonder if a lifetime of lessons is sufficient. May I suggest that despite all of the good intentions of the world and the advice of professionals on how to overcome any of these things, the gospel of Jesus Christ contains the only healing balm capable of relieving and redeeming us from these ailments. It can give us the lift, the enlightenment, the lightening of the load that only having our wrongs removed from us can give us. We don't need to attempt change while still carrying all of our baggage. We can repent, ask him to be involved in our day-to-day, and we can strive to begin progressing in these lessons that Elma outlined. And one of the tools that I want to make available to you is Sister Scriptorian's coaching with me. 
I want to remind you that this week is open enrollment for the Confidently Creating training I'm giving. It will begin Monday, February 22nd, and it will be for five days from 1030 till noon, Mountain Standard Time. There will be training on how to create and move forward in your goals, accompanied by personal group coaching to help those of you who volunteer fine-tune your plan in creating and so that you can move forward in confidence. The training is only $25. You don't even need to leave your home. And if you're not able to attend all the days or at these particular hours, by registering, you'll be eligible to receive the replays of each day's call. We've been given tools, my friends. We've been given the tools to create not only what we desire, but to do so in righteousness because we are always working on being able to sing the song of redeeming love so that we can receive his image in our countenance. I look forward to seeing you next week. Let a friend know this is going to be empowering.